Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. I want to start with a prayer this morning as we before we get into the word. Because today's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for me. It's going to be hard for you. Because God wants to deal with some things today. Because there's people, I feel really strongly, that are just on the verge. They're on the verge of walking away from things. They're on the verge of quitting. They're on the verge of giving up their faith in Christ. And you may be here today, and you don't know if this Jesus thing is really what it's cracked up to be. Life has hit you hard in the face. And now you're wondering, is it even worth it? Seems like everybody else is uh, just flourishing. Everybody else seems to be doing well. They're not serving God. They're not serving Jesus. And their lives are they're easy, seems like. But today I hope to encourage you. I hope to help you to understand that there is something better out there. There is something to look forward to. There is a future and a hope for believers. And that hope not only allows us to look forward to what God's going to do in the future, but allows us to live in the now with power and purpose and strength. We have staying power. We have endurance. And I want to talk to you today about endurance. If you're into titles, I'm not a big title person, but the title of the message today is Don't Give Up, Look Up. Don't give up. Look up. Some of you are wanting to give up today, and I pray that we don't. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you've done already. God, I pray for those that are in here, God, that they would not give up, but they would look up. That, God, that they would strengthen their hands. They would get up from where they're at. God, they would walk in the paths that you set for them. God, that they would have a tenacity about them, a strength about them an unction to do what you've called them to do, God, despite any circumstances, despite how painful it is, despite how hard it is, God, I pray that they would get up and do the work that you've called them to do. God, that they would get up and walk this thing out because, Lord, you walked it out for us. And, God, I thank you, Lord. I pray that you open my mouth to speak your words today, God, that you would open the ears of the hearers and the hearts to receive today, Lord. I pray that all those who have ears to hear would hear today what you would say to your church and to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah 52 and 53, and we're also going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 today. So really just two passages of Scripture, and we are still doing Isaiah 53. We're walking through that together. And has it not been good? Like some of you are excited about it. Some of you are ready to get out of it, but it's okay. Um, It's the gospel, man. The gospel never, it never gets dull. The gospel is beautiful. It gives us hope. And so this is what we've been doing together. We've been reading it together. uh, And then 
We've been walking through this together. So as we read the word, you want you to go and stand up. We're going to read the word together. And I'm going to take the odd number verses. You're going to take the even number verses. And then we're going to read this whole thing. So it starts in 52, 13 through 15. And ends on the very end of chapter 53. And so I got the odd and you got the? There we go. So you already got it. So here we go. You ready? See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. And he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence. For they will see what they have not been told, and they will understand what they have not heard about. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him, and he looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have, oh, sorry. There we go. We made it. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. He had done no wrong, yet he never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. Very good. You may have a seat. Today we're talking about endurance. Isaiah 53, 11 is where we're focusing on today. And it says, out of his anguish, he shall, whoops, I was reading that and then it went up there. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many, for he will bear all their sins. What's this passage talking about? It's talking about Jesus going to the cross for us. It's talking about him going through the anguish and the pain and, the, and everything that he went through for us. But it also says it has a purpose. 
It says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he's seeing something of value in his pain. And I'm telling you, in your pain, there's something valuable that God wants to do. We don't see it in the moment. We don't see it when it's happening. But God is always accomplishing something. Even in our darkest moments, even in the moments when we don't think God is there, he's always accomplishing something. And Jesus knew that God was accomplishing something through his pain. You've heard the term, no pain, no gain, right? Well, his pain was our gain. Jesus is the one that took our pain and, and gave us freedom. He saw what he accomplished and it made him satisfied. He was satisfied with it. Because of his experience, he made us, it made us possible to be counted as righteous because he bared all of our sins. Do you know you're righteous? Do you know that? Do you know, do you see yourself as right with God? And, and when you see yourself as right with God, it allows you to live your life in such a way that you're not trying to make it up. Like you're not trying to make everything up. God has already given you all that you need and you are right with him and therefore you can approach him and ask for all that you need from him. And my iPad's going crazy, so we're not using this today. See, here's the thing. Jesus saw the pain. Jesus saw what was ahead of him. Jesus looked out and he saw the purpose and the call. Jesus knew exactly what God had called him to do, the Father wanted him to do. He sent him for this very reason, to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus knew what was before him. And Jesus saw the future. He saw what was ahead of him and it led him to go through the pain that he had to go through. See, a lot of our problem, guys, is we, we have a perception problem. We don't perceive what God's doing in that moment. We don't see the thing that's ahead of us. All we see is the moment, Terry, pain and the anguish and the, and the trial that we're going in and we don't see anything outside of that. We get short-sighted. But Jesus saw. Jesus saw. I had that passage in another version, if you have that up there. It's uh, the New Revised Standard Version. Now, this version has something else in there. It says, out of his anguish, he shall see light. He shall see light. This is, this is talking about him coming out of the grave. Like he's not dead in his pain. He is alive and he's walking in freedom. And that, because of that, he's able to see what he's done. And so this passage also speaks of his resurrection. My friends, if there is no resurrection, then there is no Christianity. If there is no resurrection, then our faith is false. The resurrection and the finished work of Christ is what we build our faith on. It's the finished work of Christ. Jesus said it is finished. And where he finished, we begin. And too many of us as believers, we try to go back and finish what God already finished. We're trying to earn our way back to God. We're trying to do the things that we think is right for God to accept us. But Jesus made us acceptable by his sacrifice. He put in the work so we didn't have to work. And now we work out of that. And he uses us for powerful things. Jesus endured the pain because he understood that there was something beautiful on the other side of it. I don't know about you, but sometimes, a lot of times, when I go through pain and trials, 
in the moment, I want to give up. I want to walk out. I want to quit. I want to just say, you know what, we're done with this. But if I quit at that moment, I'll miss out on what God wants to do on the other side of that pain. Too many believers quit right at the right, right when God's about to do something. This week, yesterday, I went to go get a bagel and I was in the drive-thru and I was waiting for my bagel and the line was long and it was taking forever. You know, you're hungry in the morning, you want your food, you want your coffee. That's the biggest thing. I just wanted my coffee. And the line was taking forever. And I'm like, what is going on? This line doesn't usually take this long. And about five, six minutes in, the lady in front of me just pulls out and leaves. I'm like, all right, one less person for me to wait on. And I get up there. And the funny thing is, as soon as she left, like not 30 seconds later, the line moved. And then you know what? 30 seconds later, the line moved again. 30 seconds later, the line moved again. And here I am at the door. And this lady's trying to hand me this lemonade. And I wanted to just take it. It wasn't mine. It was that person's. But I wanted to tell her, I'll take that lemonade. And that looks good. This woman missed out on what she had asked for because she didn't have the patience to wait for it. And believers, so many times we miss out on what God has for us because we don't have the patience to wait for it. We don't have the endurance to wait for God to answer that prayer. And we leave right before the breakthrough comes. We give up right before God. God's like, I had this all set up for you. And then you want it, you, you can't wait five minutes. You can't wait 30 seconds. You're so impatient with what I'm doing, but I'm setting it up for you. I'm making it good for you. I'm making it where you can attain it and hold on to it. And so many of us give up because we don't have patience or endurance. And I want to encourage you today. You may be waiting on something for a long time. You've been waiting for God to move. He's promised you something in the past. He's promised you something now. And it doesn't seem to be happening. It doesn't seem to be moving. But I'm telling you, if you get out now and if you jump out of the boat now, if you leave the line now, you're going to miss out. Because he is saying, I've got it ready for you. It's about to move. It's about to go forward. Just wait and trust. Trust. Have a little patience. Have a little endurance. Endurance talks about pain. To endure means to endure some kind of pain or uncomfortable thing. Jesus endured pain. The words in this passage of Isaiah 53, let me get back to it says this. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish. I want to break this word down for you, anguish, if you have that up there. Anguish. What is anguish? It's simply this. That which is unpleasant, hard, distressing experience. It's a figurative speech of hard, toiling work, anguish. The Hebrew word they use the word is amal. means trouble or misery. Through his misery, through his unpleasant working, through the things that he had to do, he accomplished something powerful. And I tell my kids all the time, they talk about work. I mean, people talk about work, right? We don't like work. We don't like going to work. We don't like doing it. But I tell them, you know, work is so unpleasant. It's just people don't do what they're supposed to do and all this stuff. I tell them, you know what? That's why they pay you. Because nobody likes to do it. There's a reward for your pain. There's a reward for your anguish. And Jesus knew the reward was worth the payment. 
Do you know that the reward for going through some things in your life, there's a payoff? There's a payoff. And I hope that you see that, that you begin your life with the end in mind, that you begin your faith with the end in mind. Like there's something waiting for me on the other side of this pain. The other word that's used in this passage is suffering. And I want to talk about suffering. We don't like talking about suffering. It says, and because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible. Because of his experience. This word here is like a working knowledge. It's a working knowledge. It's a work. It's like, I know I have experience in doing something. It's a working knowledge. I think I have that word up there if you can find it. So I'm jumping all over the place. You can blame my iPad later and I'll buy you some lunch. Thank you. But by his experience, what is the experience? A working knowledge attained through sweat. The word here actually means sweat. The word means sweat. It's, it's, it's the Greek word, or it's actually the Hebrew word, da'it. It means to sweat. It means to pour down working toil. It's a skillful knowledge. Jesus applied all that he knew, and he worked it out for you. I'm telling you, so many of us, we have a knowledge of God, and we have a knowledge of what he wants to do in our life, but we don't have a working knowledge of that. I was one of those people. I knew who God was and I prayed when I was supposed to. And I did all the things that you're supposed to do as a believer, but I had no working knowledge of Christ. I never had to go through pain. I never had to go through trials. I never had to go through certain things in my life. I avoided pain at all costs. I avoided trials at all costs. And I never had a working knowledge of God. I never understood what Jesus has done for me. Do you have a working knowledge of Christ in your life? Or did you come to faith just thinking that everything's going to be unicorns and rainbows and life's going to be great? You know, this is, this is the gospel that we sell. This is the gospel that the Western church sells. Like everything's going to be good. Just give your life to Jesus, give your tithes, and God's going to open up the doors of heaven for you. I'm telling you, in this life, you're going to have pain. In this life, you're going to have trials. Like I came across this meme and I had to take a picture of it and send it for you guys. And at first it sounds great. I mean, yeah, I want that God. But then you look at it deeper. It's, it's this idea of this easy Christianity, this life that's easy and, and God's going to make it perfect for me. And I don't have to go through any pain or any anguish or, or have any working knowledge of God. It says this, if you're reading this, and I got this off a Christian post, okay? May God remove all your pain, all of your problems, all of your difficulties, and all your worries. Sounds good. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> take away all my pain, all my worries, all the things in my Just take it out of my life, God. Make it perfect. May he bring you health, happiness, comfort, and peace every day of your life. Sounds great. Yeah, we all want that. But the problem is, is if everything in our life is this, then we never grow. We never get to where God has called us to be. I'm telling you, you look at believers, you look at certain people of the faith, you look at their life and they're living on fire for God. They have such a powerful presence with God. It's like they are, there's Jesus and then there's this person. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and this person, right? It's like that close. But I'm telling you, they didn't get there without pain. They didn't get there without trouble and, and toil. 
There was one time I was at a conference and I was seeing this man preach, a pastor I really admire. He's a very godly man of, very, very godly man of God. There you go. No way to say it. Godly man of God. And I was looking at him like, God, I want to be just like him. God, make me speak like him. Make me anointed like God. Give me what this man has. And I felt the Lord check me really quickly. And he says, do you want to go through all the things this man had to go through? And I know his story. And I know the pain in his life. I know the trials in his life. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. The strongest people in faith are the people that's been through some stuff. They've been through pain. They've been through trial. They have a working knowledge of Christ. And now they can stand on the other side of it and know that God is good, even in the pain, even in the trials, even in the other things, because they have a perspective that we don't have because they've walked out of it and they've walked close to God through that thing. And now they stand there and nothing can shake them. Nothing in this life can get to them because they understand who they are in Christ. I'm telling you, it's the trials and the pain in our life that make us stronger. It's the things in our life that ground us in faith and who God is. I have a poem for you. It's called The Good Timber. Have you ever heard of this poem? It's called The Good Timber. It talks about how good timber is made and good men are made. It's by Douglas Maylock. I'm going to read it for you. The tree that had to never fight, that never had to fight, for sun and sky and air and light, but stood out in the open plain and always got its share of rain, never became a forest king, but lived and died a scrubby thing. There you go. And then the tree that, oh, next line. There we go. The man who never had to toil to gain and farm his patch of soil, who never had to win his share of sun and sky and light and air, never became a manly man, but lived and died as he began. Good timber does not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. The further the sky, the greater the length. The more the storm, the more the strength. By sun and cold, by rain and snow, in trees and men, good timbers grow. One more line. Where thickest lies the forest growth, we find the patriarchs of both. And they hold counsel with the stars, whose broken branches show the scars of many winds and of much strife. This is the common law of life. One theologian or philosopher said, do not ask for an easy life because that easy life will be your undoing. Ask for trials and pain, but ask for God to work in those things. I'm telling you, so often we as believers, we, we avoid these hardships in our life. And I'm telling you, it's painful. I understand. Jesus knew the pain. Jesus understood the anguish. But he started with the end in mind. He never took his eyes off of the prize. He never showed. He never gave up. If I was Jesus, I probably would have gave up. Because I'm trying to save these people that want nothing to do with me. I'm trying to save these people that hate me, that ridicule me, that are beating me, that are hanging me on a cross. And at that last moment, what does Jesus say? God, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
don't know about you, but I probably want God smack, smack them down, burn them up, just roast them right now, God. <laughs> Done with them. Call fire down from heaven. But no, Jesus knew that his pain was for your gain. Jesus knew that his, out of his anguish, he would be satisfied. I went to Jerusalem and we went to the garden tomb there. And as we were, you know, I walked into the tomb and I looked at it, just this little hole in a, in a cave. And when I came out, there was light shining like right there. And for a moment, we thought, how must have this looked when Jesus walked out victorious? He was laying in the dark. Everybody thought he was done. He gets up and he walks into the light. Remember that passage? He walks into the light. And I'm sure he just smiles, satisfied. Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the world. After he created a certain thing, what did he say? It is good. I am satisfied. I am full. That's what this word satisfy means. I am full. I can imagine Jesus walking out of that tomb saying, I'm satisfied. I've completed the task. I've done the hard work. Paul writes to his young ward, Timothy, and he's telling him how to pastor a church. He's, he's, he's encouraging him to keep the faith to keep strong because there'll be a time where men will not listen to sound teaching and they'll chase after other things and they'll go after the, everything in the world. He's saying, but you, Timothy, stay strong. Don't give in. Don't quit when it gets hard. And he says, Timothy, look at my example. He says, I now have finished the race. I have fought the good fight of faith. Now there is something waiting for me, a crown of righteousness. It's waiting for me. It's in store for me. And it's in store for those that keep the faith, those that stay strong in the storm. Paul understood this. Paul began his ministry with the end in mind. He knew that this life is not all there is. But yet we live on this earth like this life is all there is. Okay, you ready for me to preach now? That's the introduction. <laughs> Hebrews 11. Somewhere in this Bible, I'll find it. First and second Corinthians, first and second. You, gotta, you know the song? <laughs> Keep skipping over it. This Bible has it, right? It's in, oh, oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. It's in the New Testament. There it is. Hallelujah. Technology has made us dumb, you know? You don't have to think about these things anymore. I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, 10 through 11 to you. Paul, or the writer of Hebrews here, nobody knows who it is, but it's, it sounds like Paul. The writer of Hebrews tells us to stay in and not give up when things get hard. There's this thing called discipline. 
And now, uh, now we think of discipline as somebody spanking us or somebody hitting us with a rod or, you know, a ruler. But discipline is really training. It's training. It's, it's a building up. It's a deepening of our, of our roots. And the writer of Hebrews is reminding the church, he's, he's writing to the church here, about the discipline of a father, a loving father who trains and develops and sees potential in his children. And he wants to bring that out of them and he wants to make them full-fledged, mature believers. This is what God is doing in our lives. And so he's saying this, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline always is always good for us. Good for us. It's always good for us. So that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. For those who are trained in this way. So he is saying that all the pain that we go through, all the things that we face in this world, all the, all the pain and the trials that we go through, God is doing something in those things. There's a training that's happening. He's teaching us to rely on him. He's teaching us to have faith in him. Our roots are growing down deep. And when the storms of life truly come, we're going to be able to stand. He's building endurance up in us. And I think so many of us, we don't like the training. I don't like the training. I have a gym membership, but as you can tell, I don't go very often. We don't like to go through the pain and the toil to get to where we need to be. We don't like diets because they, we have to remove ourselves from certain things. They're painful. They're unpleasant. But we know that when we go through those things and we let those things train us and teach us, on the other side of that is something that we need. Health, wholeness, strength, endurance, those things. And this is what God is doing for his people. And I think so many of us, we push away God's hand of training or discipline. And we get angry with God because we're going through things. And we shout at God and say, God, why am I going through this right now? Why am I having to deal with this? Why is this happening in my life? This is your fault, God. You did this to me. You made this happen. Why didn't you? This is the question we always ask. God, why didn't you? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you heal this person? Why didn't you do this? And we get angry with God and we give up and we lose our endurance and we lose our faith. Because we don't understand God's biggest plan. We don't have a different perspective of what God is doing. We need a new perspective. Hebrews 12.1 says this. Therefore, since we were surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set out before us. We do this by how? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. So think about this. Jesus went through and endured all these things for our good. He endured the race. He put up with the pain and the anxiety. He sweated it out. He had a working knowledge of him because of the joy 
set before him. The cross was not the joy. The death was not the joy, but we are his joy. You today, if you've given your life to Jesus, you're the joy. That he, that, that's the pleasure that he took. That's the satisfaction that he has, knowing that you have been set free and you are made whole. And the writer reminds us here that there was a gain for him and for us because he is seated at the place of honor at God's, besides God's throne. But think of this, church. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Do you look at Jesus when you're tired and weary and think of all the things he went to and went through for you? When we were walking through Israel, it was like the last day and everything's uphill there. Like it's uphill both ways for, for true. I mean, it is. And the inclines are like this. They're not nice little steep hills like we have in Texas. And everything's rock. So by that day, my feet were hurting. My knees were hurting. My back was hurting. My shoulders were hurting. Everything was hurting. And I remember we went to Caiaphas's house where the high priest was, it's no longer there, but that's where the high priest was, where they had trial for Jesus. And we had taken that day and we'd walked down the Via Della Rosa, the way, of, the way of the cross. We'd walked down that way. And by the end of the day, I'm sitting there going, man, I just want to go sit down. I just want to go rest. I just want some water and I want an ice cream. <laughs> and my feet were hurting and I'm standing there and the, and the guy that's talking about what Jesus had to endure. And I just thought to myself, you big weenie. Think of what Jesus had to go through. He had to walk these same paths that I walked, but he didn't get to walk them slowly with a nice guy telling them all about Jerusalem. He walked down those paths getting beat, getting spit on, getting pushed. He endured. He endured pain and, and hardship. He endured it because he had the end in mind. He knew that there was something better on the other end of that. And he was willing to go to the cross for you and for me because he knew that there was a reward waiting, not just for him, but for those who believe in him. He endured the pain of the cross because he knew that there was a victory on the other side. There was a resurrection that he was going to walk into. And because of that, it gave him strength to endure. And because of that, you have the strength to endure. It says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in the struggle against sin at all. I wasn't dead yet. My feet hurt. I could still endure. I finished the tour. And you today, you can finish what God started in your life. Don't give up because things are difficult or you don't see a way out. Don't give up because you're in a... You're in a you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't give up because things seem difficult. Back to that other passage in Hebrews. He gives us the clue. How do we not give up? How do we not give up? Well, we look to Jesus. And he says this, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Verse 11, it's painful, but afterward there'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And he goes, do this. So take a new grip with your tired hands, strengthen your weak knees, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. He's saying, take a grip, get a grip, 
You, you see those people like, they're tired. You're like, just get a grip, man. This isn't as bad as you're thinking. You're living in the moment. You're not living outside the moment. I'm telling you, that's what happens with us. We live in the moment. We don't live outside the moment. And, and Paul's saying, take a new grip with your tired hands. Grab, grip something. What do we grip? Grip your Bible. Try that. When you're tired and you're weak and you want to give up, grip this. Open it up. Read the word. Let it speak to you. Open the word of God. Grip the altar once more. Maybe you haven't gripped that in a while. Maybe you haven't gotten on your knees and prayed. Take a grip of the altar and lay your life down to God and pour out your life to him. And he will lift you up. Grip a pen. You know, this has been the biggest thing in my life to help me to keep going is journaling. I know, guys, you hate journaling. You hate writing. But I'm telling you, it will make a huge difference in your life. If you journal, if you write down what God's done in your life, if you write down what you read and you, and you listen and, you, and you, you can go back and read it. Here's the biggest thing that's helped me when I write things down. I write down what people say about me. I write down the good things that happen in this church. I write down words spoken over me and words spoken over my wife. When people speak prophetic words over me, I write it down. I record it. Why? Because when I'm feeling down and I want to give up and, and things aren't good, I can go back and look at those things. I can go back and hear those words over my life. I can go back and see the call of God in my life and say, all right, I got another day. I can do this another day. I can get back up. I can move towards what God has called me to do. We forget, guys, because we don't write it down. We don't remember all that God has done for me. You read all the Psalms. All the Psalms are just the writers re remembering all that God has done in their life. And it's helped them to get moved past what they're going through. The best, the best thing you can do for your faith is to write it down and read it. Go back often and read it. Christian, if I can have you come up. I want to close with this this morning. I don't know where you're at today. But some of you are in this moment. You're just, you're ready to walk out of things. You're ready to give up. And the person I'm talking to the most is the ones that are ready to walk out on Christ. Your faith has been teetering for a while and you're not sure if this is even working out, if it just doesn't seem like your life's getting any better. And every time you try to serve God, it gets harder. Every time you step out of faith, there's a trial. Every time you, you pray, something happens. <laughs> I want to encourage you. That stuff's happening because you're moving closer to Jesus. And we have an enemy and he does not like you getting closer to Jesus. And maybe the problem you're going through now is not because God hates you. Maybe it's because the enemy hates you and he's trying to keep you from God's promise. And so what, what can we do in these moments? We can get a grip. We can strengthen our weak knees. We can stand back up. We can look at the eternal and make straight paths for our feet. 
The problem is we lose perspective and we think this world is all there is. I want to give you an illustration this morning. I got this from Francis Chan, who got it from another pastor, who got it from another pastor. But this is the third time I've used it, so I can claim it. It's mine now. This illustration is an illustration about eternity. See, in this life, we get so worried about this. This is the life we live here on this earth. And we may be here, we may be here, we may be here. But the pain in these moments are real. I get it. They, they hurt. It's painful. It, you want to quit. You want to give up. You want to walk out on your spouse. You want to do all these things. But I'm telling you, in these moments, God is still there. But this is not all there is. And because this is not all there is, I can live in these moments with hope and strength. I can endure and do the hard work that God's called me to do here. What's the hard work? Going to the counselor, praying, saying, I'm going to try again. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to reapply. I don't know what God's got for you, but I know in this moment we want to give up. And I'm telling you, if you give up in this little bit here, you're missing out on all of this. Every single bit of it. When it puts in perspective, this is eternity, guys. It's so much bigger than our little bitty life that we live on this earth. This is momentary. It's gone tomorrow. You know this. The older I get, it's faster. But this here is forever. Never ends. There's no pain here. I rewrote that meme to be a little more theologically correct. And this is my prayer for you. And this would be Paul's prayer for you. It's this here. If you're reading this, may God use all of your pain, all of your problems, all of your difficulties and worries to bring you wholeness, not health. Wholeness, it's better than health. Joy, not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. I'm happy when I get a new car. And then a couple weeks later, I want another one. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is not. Joy stands in trials and you're still joyful. It stands outside of everything else. Comfort, that's a promise. Comfort and peace, that's a promise. Every day of your life. Don't ask for easy days. Ask for God to be in those days. Never lose sight of eternity. Never lose sight of the value that's ahead of us. Jesus started with the end in mind, and he knew that this end was not the end. He knew there was something better on the other side of that pain. And I pray that you know there's something better on the other side of that pain today. So I'm going to the prayer team to come up. I want to pray for you this morning. So if you're ready to give up this morning, you're just tired and you didn't even want to come here this morning, you woke up, I'm not going to church. God doesn't want me there. Most people don't want me there. I don't even want to be there. opening a door that's not meant to be open. God's saying, endure it. 
get a grip, strengthen your weak knees, and carve a straight path to me. That's what he's saying to you this morning. So here's what I'm going to do. While we go into this prayer time, Christian's going to lead us in a song, like always. But this is what you need to do right now to endure, to get back in the fight. Maybe you need to grip the front of your chair. You need to strengthen those weak knees and you need to cut a path to one of these people for them to pray for you.